0: Hi, I'm Becca Otis from Five Lines Pottery in Indianapolis, Indiana.
1: And I'm Ryan Durbin from RD Ceramics located in Southgate, Kentucky.
0: And welcome to Wheel
1: Talk. Hey guys, we've loved answering all of your questions so far. If you'd like to hear your question on the podcast, please send them to us on Instagram at wheeltalkpodcast or by email to wheeltalkpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks.
0: um bam, we're live. Ryan. We're live. Hi, Becca. Hi. Hello. Hello. Are, my arm- are they all sweaty? I can't tell. I don't think they are. Uh, hey, I was raising my arms to stretch, Ryan's and it looks like sweaty. my armpits and
1: my <laughs> shirt was sweating, but I don't think they were. So, all right, we're good.
0: Somebody sponsors dry fit shirts for, for Ryan here. No, I'm kidding. He wouldn't they wear They cannot them. be 100% oh. cotton. Yeah. <laughs> Becca has told 100%. me that,
1: that I'm too picky with my shirts. It's got to be a... You are. It's got to be a double blend of something or a tri-blend.
0: I'm also picky with my shirts. They have to be free. <laughs> uh- <laughs> That's not picky at all. <laughs> um, how was how this week? This You were gone. Tell us how you're. I was gone. Uh...
1: Yes, uh, we did not chat last week because I was out of town in Raleigh, North Carolina, for a work conference, which was great. Yeah. Um, typically, at that conference, my so my uh, I work for Citrix, which is actually one of the headquarters or offices is in Raleigh. So there are a couple people that work out right. of that office, and then uh, met up with the rest of the team. So there was about six or seven of us that got together that nice. live in different places from, like, Charleston and Atlanta and then a couple more in Raleigh and three more in Raleigh. So, uh, so, yeah, that was good. And normally we, like, present at it, but this year we did not. So it was a little more chill. And we've been...
0: I didn't know normally you present at it.
1: I presented at it last yeah. year. Or not last year. 2019 I did. Oh. It's, they have, like, smaller sessions. So they have, like, keynote stage ones where... They talk like for yeah. 45 minutes to the entire audience. And then they have like breakout sessions that are, you know, more focused for 30, 45 minutes. Yeah. So yeah, I presented with a coworker back in 2019. So uh the yeah, it's the it was Pendemonium Conference, which is Pendo is the product that we use at Citrix to help us with it's like it like sits on top of our application that helps people, like it's understand, understand like new features that are in the product or help walk them through like onboarding th- things when they first become a customer. So we call it like in-product messaging is kind of the team. It's
0: like a little safety hat.
1: <laughs> a little safety hat. <laughs> yeah. So it it's a way to just help people get more out of value out of what they paid for. Um, yeah. So yeah, we've we've been using that product for a while, so we don't really get as much out of the conference content, so it's more like networking for us and getting to see the team because I hadn't seen... The last time I actually went out of town for work was a year ago back in October, almost a year yeah. ago for that same conference, so yeah. nice to see people in person and then...
0: And not in masks. And- yeah,
1: no masks and... You know, it was cool because I don't know if you saw the photos, but it was it was very like indoor, outdoor. Yeah, it looked really nice. Food trucks out front. It was at the Performing Arts Center. So the like keynote was in this like, uh, I don't know if it's like a concert hall. It was basically like a theater, Mm -hmm. the performance theater. And they have breakouts in different rooms other than that. Um, But yeah, it was pretty sweet. And then I took some little pots with me and that was fun. I took five of the little like carved tester cups and I hid them in Raleigh while I was there. So I hid like, I think two of them around town out and Mm -hmm. about that other people could get. And then I hid three like inside the conference while I was there. And I was like tagging them on it and they were like resharing it. And I chatted with the, you know, the social media manager and then somebody like uh, two of them got, were picked up by staff from like Pendo. So they were kind of, they weren't like attendees, but,
0: (laughs) but that's still cool. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, one girl I talked to, she found it and she's actually a small business owner as well. I think she makes jewelry like Indian inspired jewelry and, um, yeah, real like colorful stuff. Uh, and she like found me after she found the cup and was like, thank you so much. And we chatted for, you know, a few minutes and, uh, cross paths a couple more times and, and then uh, another person found one, and then hopefully somebody else found the other one. So, so yeah, yeah, that was a fun little experiment while I was there.
0: I will do those, but I'm, like, really fucking, like... <laughs> I'll, like... I hid Cups in Monroe before I left, and I found one a year later because I hid it so well. It was under the bench in the weeds. Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> the weeds grew so much that they... Were never trimmed or cut.
0: So funny. Yeah. No.
1: <laughs> did you put anything with it? It was hidden. You probably didn't really put a well. business card or anything in there. You just... I think I did. Oh, you did. Okay.
0: I think I did, but I don't think it was visible at that moment. Yeah. Um.
1: I I kind of started seeing Sailing Adrift Studios. Do you remember them? They would actually mm, go I around so. and put like these extravagant bowls that were like carved. Oh yeah yeah yeah. And she would say like free art, and they would have all this all this stuff, and she would actually like go on art drops a few times a year and actually drop them in different places around the country
0: i'm probably gonna do that yeah you should I do that different places that'd be sweet shitty shitty drops that's what we're gonna call them oh, yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> <laughs>
1: so yeah that was last week it was kind of nice getting away from the studio but um yeah it's mostly like fun to just be around co-workers Yeah. And uh, they had the parties and stuff. I will not turn down free drinks for nothing. (laughs) Freaking pounding those drinks. Got the ciders and the rum and cokes and the Mai Tai. Did you get drunk? I I got drunk. I threw up the last night before going to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) It was one of those where I was... uh, Well, first I got back to the hotel and I had to like drunk pack... Because I was leaving the next morning.
0: Oh, no. So I was like,
1: I'm not waking up and having to pack. Because I, I had to get up at, like, when 6. When you're hungover. Yeah. Yeah. So I was, like, drunk packing everything. And then, you know, I lay down to go to sleep. And the room's just spinning with my eyes shut. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good.
0: I have a de- I think throwing up is my defense mechanism. Like um i don't drink very often i know everybody probably thinks i'm a fucking alcoholic but i'm not um but when i do i try to make it count and so um but if i drink like a lot my defense mechanism is to throw up i'm like okay like i'll sit down and i'll be like becca if you don't throw up right now you're gonna be miserable in the morning so i like make myself throw up (laughs) almost like i think myself into throwing up
1: (laughs) yeah i was uh and then when we when i when i got up my coworker also went to the airport with me because we both left about eight thirty ish and she said she was feeling terrible she's she, i was feeling a little bit weird driving because you're like riding passenger and if it if it was rocky at all like I, don't, yeah. I mean you get that way when you're riding passenger too i was like am i yeah. gonna get sick in this person's car on the way to the airport
0: oh my god luckily
1: we didn't and she's, Nightmare. she said she was about to but she didn't um but yeah got to the airport got some Gatorade and i was good. i was good the next morning i was just like tired and stuff yeah but for sure yeah so that was last week and then i got something new oh yesterday. yeah
0: you didn't update me so obviously i you, didn't post you it on social not... either
1: i was going to do that and then i forgot yeah or i just didn't want to spend the time doing it so i did get a new vehicle woo rd ceramics <laughs> is growing <laughs> Yay! Um, yeah, so we got a third vehicle. We didn't, like, trade one in or anything like that. So I went... On Saturday, I did the whole used car shopping thing. The place I ended up getting it from was the the long drive. It was, like, an hour and ten minutes away. It's up in Zinia, okay. Ohio. Um, so, yeah, I did that. I was out for, like, six hours on Saturday, like going to see three vehicles or five hours or whatever it was. took forever. It actually wasn't too bad. Like, Mm -hmm. getting into it and doing all the research, and I'm like, okay, like, there's only so much to do. And then, like, the first one was the chillest because... And that's who I ended up buying from. He was like, you know, what are you looking for? He pulled it... You know, I called him the day before to let him know I was coming and what I was interested in, so they, like you know, knew what to expect or whatever. And then he was like, all right, here it is. Have a look, you know, give me your license so you could test drive it, all that stuff. And then he was just like, okay, would you, you know, i come back, take my time. And then I come back in and he's like, all right, what'd you think? All that. It was just he very was super like chill about it, chill and relaxed. Yeah. And he was, he was probably in his like late twenties.
0: Oh, that makes sense. So,
1: you know, and, and it was just him and his dad that did the, the selling there. So, nice it's pretty chill and you know he was just giving me all the information and i was asking about extended warranty so he gave me all the information for that with the prices and then i was like you know i got appointments to see a couple more today so you know and obviously i drove by myself so i'm not taking a car with me and uh pretty much left it that and then i went to the next one it was like a car dealership like a chrysler dodge dealership and you know i was like looking at the vehicle i actually like made the trip kind of out of my way to stop while i was in town because um i wasn't going to because i already had another thing scheduled but uh stopped in and then i I was just gonna drop in like see it get the figures like i wanted the car price see if i can get any better on the price and then get the warranty information so i could see and compare prices yeah of what i'm actually going to end up paying and they were like, all right, are you financing, whatever? Can we talk to the, the call the bank and start that? And I was like, I'm just here looking. I stopped here because I'm in town and I don't want to decide today. So I got to get to another appointment. I'm already late. So
0: They're the fucking worst, man. And then,
1: I, I don't know what it is. I think, and then when you ask a question, they go back in the room and they talk to somebody for like five minutes. I'm like, are they doing this on purpose? Like, do they already know the answer? And they're just like... Oh, yeah. Trying to fuck me over. Not fuck me over, but like, are they trying to just, like, have me waiting there even longer?
0: Right. Like, I also. I also had a similar experience when I was, like, looking for the van. And I found a used van. And it was in horrible shape. And they want so much money for it. And. And it was like. They're like, what can we do to make you buy this vehicle? Like, what? Like, what can we do? Like, and they, I was like, I'm gonna need this much money for my car and an extended warranty with the, the vehicle. Blah blah blah. And like, I basically was like, I'm gonna have to go home, think about it. And he was like, What can I make you do to to buy it right now? And I was like, Nothing. <laughs> I am going home. Be like,
1: does your he, dinner rely on me buying something today? Because And
0: he like called me like three times afterwards. Oh my gosh. And I ended up like getting my credit score financed and I wish that I would have
1: Like he checked your credit, is that what you mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah, which is fine. Is is it a soft pull, pull or a hard pull when they do the car stuff? I don't know. I don't know either. It doesn't matter. But I don't think they um, took my
1: social with any of the places except for the one I ended up buying at so
0: yeah but I'm glad that you had like a laid back person it's like dude if you don't fucking like
1: and they sell didn't me, and they didn't call me I'm or anything gonna buy it from like you. the guy that I ended up getting in for, I mean I looked Saturday they're closed Sunday and I yeah. called him Monday so like right you know it was pretty chill and we chatted so and I told him that I was like you know I appreciate I ended up going with you all because it had the best it was really between that and the car salesy person because the other, mm-hmm. the third one I looked at was like bare bones, work vehicle, and it had right. the most miles on it. So I was like, I'm not going with this one. Um, So, and I was just like, Hey, I appreciated your, you know, not pressuring me and, you know, just give me the facts and give me the details and then kind of let me weigh my options. Yeah. And it was pretty easy to make a decision. So I'll let him know that.
0: Yeah. I like people like that at like car dealerships. That's how I would be, too. But also, I do find... I don't know if this happened to you, but, like, I walked into multiple dealerships and just stood there. Oh, really? And was, like... Um, but did
1: you call ahead or anything? Did they know you were coming?
0: No. No, no, I didn't even know I was coming. Oh, okay. But I just, like, stood there, like, and nobody even fucking talked to me. Really? And like, I realized that I'm looked. I look homeless. I understand that, but, like... <laughs> <laughs>
1: maybe they think you're waiting on somebody
0: <laughs> no I was standing there like obviously looking at them like hello will you please
1: I mean talk I just me? I just figured I needed to call ahead because I wanted to be in and out of there with as little like I want them to expect me so they get the car pulled around they get the car fax pulled up they get all the details that yeah. I want so that I can ask questions and get the answers quickly yeah um I don't know I feel like most people you don't have to call ahead and tell them what vehicle you're interested in and whatnot.
0: No, no. But it is nice when you don't call ahead to see how prepared they are as a person. Like the first place that I went, that was like super salesy.
1: Mm-hmm. I
0: was like, I asked, and he knew nothing.
1: Their salesiness was trying to over override their like expertise yeah, in the specific and vehicle. I was like,
0: you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> like, <laughs> gross.
1: Wow. <laughs> yeah so we got that back it was nice i've been uh you already know this but will you
0: tell everybody what you fucking got i've been
1: okay i got a 2014 ford transit connect titanium Ooh. the vin number is but nah. <laughs> um yeah it's nice it's got the uh it's got like i don't think it's leather it's kind of leather maybe like a fake leather whatever it's like nice seats it's got the heated seats it's got the like climate control in the front where like passenger and driver can have different climates nice um a little less than a hundred thousand miles uh it's got the like tech stuff backup camera and then it's not like just a work van on the inside so it does have the three rows of seats and then they can go all the way down and like Mm -hmm. flat so you can put cargo and whatnot in there so that's dope so yeah, I think it'll be a good uh, road trip car, but also I'm, I'm going to take it this weekend to my, my show and we'll see how it goes, but I'm excited. It's
0: it's exciting to like put everything in, in a new car and be like, okay, this is going to fit better than this. And this is, you know, like yeah, switching I'm, it around and figuring out. I
1: think I'm basically just going to make sure that the surface area of the floor is covered so that the things yeah. don't shift and move like that seems like the best idea to make sure everything is tight left and right and front to back. Yeah. Instead of stacking and then leaving gaps and then things like fall over. But yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think I'm going to put any like big like storage contraptions in there to like hold everything or, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I've talked in the past, but basically I've been saving for years so that I could buy a vehicle in cash. So I paid cash for it. Like, which is so exciting. I didn't want to deal with interest rates and all that stuff. And I had the money for it. So, I mean, that's, that's why I saved my money for the business for years.
0: Yeah. So exciting.
1: So yeah, that, that was the big happening. What about you? I know we're already quite a bit in here, but 18 minutes. You know what?
0: Fuck it. We've been doing this. Like, I don't know. We haven't talked for a week. So yeah, you guys are just going to have to fucking deal. (laughs) Um, uh, what was I going to say? So, this week has been kind of like... I had a show. Last week I had a good week, sales-wise. So, I did the the update with the earrings and made like $700. Um, which isn't like a ton, but like... What was the price you know, points? I don't both... remember
1: the price point. I never saw what the...
0: 28 to to 40 Okay. So, I feel like my goals are kind of like shifting, you know? And it's like, if you don't need a ton of money, you don't like... like 700 bucks in an update i'm like sweet but i feel like you went <laughs> you know? pretty
1: you took it more seriously than you have in the past with updates because you were posting a lot
0: i definitely did because i needed that money <laughs> um and then i did really good at the farmer's market on thursday like really good hmm. i made like 400 500 at the farmer's market wow like this is a market that i normally make like 100 to 150 and i sold five mixing bowls
1: the mixing bowls um,
0: those mixing bowls are fucking hot tickets, man. I can't make them fast enough. That's good. I've already made three. Uh, no, I made like two and a half sets more, and I think they're already sold.
1: Are you making them um, in sets, or you're selling them one-off?
0: Well, I sell them. They're set up as sets, and you could buy them one-off, though. Okay. You know. So I um, made a bunch of money on, on the Thursday, and then I had a show on Saturday, and I made a okay amount of money wasn't like crazy good but it was like probably like 400 something i don't know but this week and turned out to be like you know it turned out to be um like 1600 bucks which was good for me Uh, for a
1: week is that what she's you're saying yeah yeah. between the update and your shows
0: yeah let's look so um yeah so last week between the 11th and the 17th was 1634 just on square so that was nice um the show that i went to was really like small i didn't expect a lot from it so was it in indianapolis it was outside of indy in a smaller town so okay and it was like set up by you know like these old school rockers, you could tell that just like art and music and like, oh. uh, and there was like a folk band with a um, bagpipe guy that was really fucking annoying. And, <laughs> um, uh, but, it, and like the Lions Club set up and sold walking tacos. Like, oh, you know, it was just like tacos. a down home, it was like a down home country so type show. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, no, it was fine. And I met some new people, which was good. And, um, uh, yeah, and then I've just been kind of, like, making stuff. I'm kind of on a, just because of the kilns are being used by, like, Sarah and Merritt right now because they have shows. So, I'm just making every day. And I have a show this weekend. Nothing's going to get made for it, which is fine. Um, What I have is enough. And then, um, yeah, but today I was, like, so not motivated at all. And then I was talking to my buddy. And then, have you ever seen the movie Down Periscope?
1: I don't think so.
0: Well, it's it's on HBO Max right now, and I completely and a hundred percent recommend watching it because it's fucking hilarious. It is. Is so it actually funny. a comedy?
1: It's,
0: yeah. Oh. Okay. It's Kelsey Grammer's the main character. Um,
1: okay, I've heard of it, but I've never seen it.
0: Yeah, it's it's an actual comedy. It's and it's like. Just really funny. Um, and so I was talking to my friend and we were talking about that movie. And so then I ended up watching that movie while I was throwing. And I made some small sh- uh, espresso shot cups. Nice. Espresso cups. So that's pretty much what's going on. Not not too much craziness. but Yeah.
1: I've been glazing like crazy over here. Erica's been helping out. And then uh, before tonight's over, I think I'm going to start my next kiln. So it'll be the fourth firing of the week. I nice. started I think I've pretty much been doing a firing every day, because I had the two kilns. So I've been like cycling through,
0: switching them. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I I'm just kind of overdoing it, because I, I, mean, I do have more space in the vehicle, so I can fit more. But yeah. You know, Rachel just well, had not standing yeah, a bunch of I, stuff. But
0: what I figure is. So I can't really use the kilns, and the merit was like, "Well, you could put a bisque in," and I was like, "What's the point? Like, if merit can do it fast, like if she can get her process going faster, um, then I'm fine with that. And like, if I just get a bunch of greenware that's ready to go, and once Sarah, like once merit's done next Thursday, I can just fire off like three bisque kilns in a row. Then by the time I get back, because I'm going to Colorado on the first, by the time I get back, I can." Um, just glaze the shit out of everything yeah you know it
1: seems like you all almost have to schedule out your kiln sharing response
0: they they do so what happens is that they schedule it out since theirs are more important and then i just kind of like move around them essentially because i always have stuff why are theirs more know? important um because they are procrastinators and they um oh so they until, need
1: like, they need it yeah, like they, in the yeah, short they, period of time
0: I went, I'm not gonna no they're not procrastinators they but they do have a lot of like carving and stuff and they do tend to like wait and like fire right before they have an important show
1: oh okay you know
0: like this is the Michiana pottery tour right. Sarah's gonna be there that's a big one yeah. and so she's like firing right now so that she can get done by the time that she goes up there which makes total sense I do that too but I also just fire all the time like I can always have something right so so it's not it, like important for me yeah
1: do they fire to, at least the same schedules so like they could they, a, they could co-load a kiln
0: they can okay yeah because i know they both but, have like
1: intricate carved things so they probably don't create the quantity yeah. that you do but yeah you know they still need to fill the only problem fire is kiln. that
0: i fired a cone five and they fired a cone six so like they can't put their stuff in my kilns which is a bummer, because like oh. sometimes I could like okay. throw theirs in, you know. But I throw the bisque in when I can, their bisque stuff in when I can. So yeah. Um, but yeah, it's worked really well. Like our system has worked really well. And they like have a calendar and they put their thingies on the calendar. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, I know where to kind of take a break Fib it in.. And, yeah. yeah. So Nice. So I'll just go balls to the walls when I get back on the 10th. Because there's like a huge show, the fifteenth, the this must be it, and then after that's the coffee show. So yeah,
1: coffee, coffee, coffee yeah. and tea show. Um, coffee and tea show. Yeah, I had a show this past weekend. They had a great band, a couple Lucky. bands that were playing. It was great, and uh, I saw good. It was like really windy and stuff in that area, because it's just a log, a large flat field, and then there's like a a mansion or something and there's a like yeah. courtyard area at the park uh where we have it so it was the weather was perfect i sold like 1100 maybe i sold there nice. last year too it's pretty good so there's kind of a little like in between show between the big one that's this weekend it's in madison indiana so that one i've heard that one's a good show and yeah we'll see i'll be super prepared for that one i think and then hopefully we will be hustle bustling and be packing lots of pots and then uh, I'll be figuring out what I need to restock on when we get back. Yeah. So
0: Yeah, I'm like curious how my finances are going to go when I go out to Washington or to Colorado. I'm, I should probably, I don't know.
1: Is that trip actually- going to cover what you would need to make income wise for two weeks or 10 days?
0: No, but I, I, like, if I had gone out just for the weekend, you know, just to just work with who I'm going to work with, then it would be fine. But I've decided to kind of, like, take a break and, like, take a little vacation. So, mm-hmm. so... Um, do you have a
1: couple other consults while you're there, besides the one?
0: Uh, Potentially. I do have... I'm going to meet out with a high school, Greeley High School, um one of the teachers out there wants me to come out and they're gonna pay me which is cool oh wow
1: to talk to their their high school class
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: nice don't sugarcoat it that'll be great
0: yeah and then um we'll see if and i was supposed to do a i don't know are you gonna see liz while you're out there i hope so i'm gonna text her also i'm gonna see like you know we're gonna have a dinner with some of the people out there so so sweet yeah that'll be good and um, yeah it'll be good I'd, I'll take some earrings or something I'll make earrings while I'm out there you know I'll like mm-hmm. um, well you're not driving right clay. you're flying so yeah I'm flying Yeah. but I can like take a container of clay like I can take like a pound of clay and it'll probably last me like a whole fucking week
1: that's true if yeah. make earrings put something. them in a Tupperware container on your way back or whatever. or
0: I could just not take anything and not work on anything so that, that too.
1: Yeah, you could do mm-hmm. that too.
0: So we'll see. But my parents, hot tubs. Oh yeah. 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 Hot
1: tub, <laughs> the swim tub.
0: The swim tub. I only go in the swim, tub because the hot tub, I like to move around. <clears throat> it's
1: probably pretty nice this time of year in Colorado, right? It,
0: it was 90 degrees yesterday, I think there. So,
1: well, you're going here in two weeks, right? So yeah. maybe it'll get better in two weeks.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, so excited about that. Let's see, Berthoud. It's fifty degrees in Berthoud right now. I guess.
1: And it's just yeah, after dark here. Yeah, they're gonna be in the eighties,
0: seventies so. to eighties right now. Uh, the next couple days. Okay. So, yeah. That'd be good. I haven't flown in a long fucking time, so...
1: Yeah, the flight to Raleigh was the... I, I don't... We flew to... St. George, Utah, and that was the last time. January. You drove... You didn't drive last year, did you? I drove. Oh, you did?
0: Mm-hmm. I drove.
1: And you're driving again this time.
0: I'll drive this year. Hopefully, I have the van by then. Um...
1: Jeez. i don't know hopefully you don't have they to don't... wait until this you don't have to wait like your kiln. i know waiting nine months for a freaking
0: <laughs> i think he said that the he was like i can't be definitive but i would imagine no longer than three months and that puts me like
1: right right at... in december yeah
0: so if that's the case if that's the case i'll probably just ride my lease out and just double up on payments um I was going to end my lease early, but if that's the case, I might just ride my lease out. I mean, could you end
1: on... it, like, three months early instead of six months early?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, but I'll just throw a mattress in the back, you know, Uh huh. no insulation, just kind of just, like...
1: Oh, yeah, because you're going to have to build it out. Like, where are you going to have the tools right, and the like re- resources in, to do all that? Right,
0: January, January, I'll be driving around. So if that's the case... I won't build it out before that. I'll just throw a mattress in the back, drive out to the the West Coast, and do it that way. You know? Yeah. Super simple. So. Yeah. I've been looking at a lot of videos, and I have a lot of ideas. And I don't know if I told you this, but I'm going to put a fucking studio in the back of my van. A studio? Yeah. What does that mean? Um, so, I'm getting the extended wheelbase... So it's a well, it's 159 inch wheelbase and then it's the extended version so it's 14 inches longer and the the van is essentially what I could understand is like you if you split it up into three sections behind the driver's seat it's like 14 and a half feet or not 14 and a half four and a half four and a half four and a half so three sections of four and a half feet so I figure I can make a shorter living space and then put a four Foot studio in the back. That's four by six, because it's six feet wide. Four
1: by six. I'm trying to think how big my desk is here. That I'm sitting at. The desk is four. Four by. It's probably three foot. Maybe. Four by two and a half.
0: Okay. So it's not going to be, and it'll be four feet wide, and then, but wait, if you think about it, the The doors open, right? And they make an extension of walls. And so I'm going to figure out how to have a platform that I can just pull out and then put down on the ground, like put, you know, Mm -hmm. joists down on the ground so I can have an extended platform. So I could have a four, an eight by six. Yeah.
1: I mean, really what you need is like wall of shelves, right? And then you need a tabletop area and like a seat.
0: Yeah, it's not like it's not going to be crazy. And then whatever you yeah. need
1: to store, whatever stuff you need like, for there's this, there's going
0: to be a slat wall on one side, which I can put slat wall shelves on, and then and then a, a tabletop that I can put my portable wheel on, and probably another lifted shelves that I can put my computer on.
1: Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Nice. Yeah.
0: And then it's going to be walled off though somehow. I don't know if it's going to be a removable wall or whatever to the cab because i don't want it to have i don't want clay to kind of like move over oh yeah into that space
1: because you're gonna have your like kitchen space or whatever right next to that probably
0: the bed the bed right worse (laughs) the bed's gonna (laughs) be between yeah
1: oh okay so the bed will be kind of like against a wall and the studio is going to be like enter from the back kind of deal
0: yeah but i'm gonna put like a removable like a slide partition so it'll be able to be removed if it's like clean and stuff but i don't want it to i don't have any interest in yeah In having clay in the rest of the other part like you think
1: think you don't have space i got a four by six back of my vehicle to work out (laughs) yeah so wow
0: lots of lots of new things lots of
1: uh yeah lots to experiment with and like build out for sure is it basically an empty tail end yep okay yeah
0: yeah i don't even know if it has floors hopefully it doesn't god i hope it doesn't um
1: like the plastic so. floor but floor bottom
0: yeah it'll just be easier if it's bare i can't remember i I looked at the specs and nothing popped out of me so it should be crazy how
1: much it is just for like a bare bones
0: it's ridiculous
1: but it's i mean it is like heavy duty metal and stuff i guess so it's like
0: I guess, I yeah. I mean, and it is like a thirty five hundred, so it is a one ton.
1: Well, you said extended wheelbase. Does that mean that it's got two wheels like on like?
0: No, it's got the regular four wheels, but then it's got. It's just or it's the like extended wheelbase. It's just the extended. The wheelbase is normal. It's just the extended back, so it's fourteen inches longer.
1: Fourteen inches longer. Okay.
0: Wow. Yeah. Nice. <sighs> okay we should probably talk about what we're supposed to talk about yeah it's like we're 30
1: 35 minutes in. in yeah all right we had a we had a review we wanted to read that was uh fairly new i have it all right
0: okay it is from mostly mugs um and it says it's five star it says keeping me back keep me coming back for more The posting schedule of this podcast conveniently aligns with the day I normally work on pots, so it seems like I'm always listening to and looking forward to the latest episode of Wheel Talk. This podcast is a treasure trove of information for those like me who are trying to make a hobby or business working with clay. It is light and fun and easy to listen to. I also appreciate that they take time to answer listener questions and or respond to to social media. On his social media. Thanks, Ryan and Becca, for making my garage studio a little less boring. Mostly mugs.
1: Nice, thank you.
0: Thank you. I think
1: she just wrote me on Instagram a couple of days ago, actually. So,
0: kind of. Yeah. I also want to say that if you leave a review, I do believe it takes like a week or two weeks to get posted, because I think she wrote this like way before it actually got posted.
1: Yeah, I mean it. It said it was posted like early September, so few weeks ago
0: well I I just remember when she told me that she did the review
1: oh okay Uh,
0: yeah we were talking for some reason and we were talking about something and she wrote one so
1: nice yeah thanks for leaving that we always like reading those all right so we got a few also if
0: you're gonna leave a one-star review could you please um, tell us why like could you actually leave a fucking review why you need something to laugh at kidding not really. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> okay. What is our first question? Yeah, we're so gonna do just some questions.
1: We have so, we have three listener questions that are fairly studio related, so be a little more uh, hands-on technique kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. So the first question is from anonymous. Have you tried attaching handles with vinegar or that magic water shit? I often develop a little hairline crack or it separates when where I attach the handle to the bottom of the mug. No matter how careful, I score, slip, and let dry slowly. Have you ever used that?
0: Uh, I have, yes. Yeah. Did it help? I don't know. I don't know either. We (laughs) had it
1: in high school when I first started. It was in the, like, squirt bottles. And you could tell because it always said, like, vinegar and water or something. Vinegar. And it stunk like crazy. So
0: I have some in this square bottle. I use it for... Um... So, fun fact. I I found out that... Um, I was talking to Link, who owns Kentucky Mudworks. And uh, I've been hand-building with their Darkstar. Not a great clay to hand-build with. <laughs> and, and I was talking on the phone with her. And she's like, yeah, so... I'm a thrower and uh, it's great to throw with. <laughs> and then I make the clay and everybody's like, this kind of sucks for hand building.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you're
0: like, and she's like, okay. <laughs> what makes it um, bad to hand build with? It's a little short. And the reason it's a little short is because it um, has less bentonite in it for faster throwing. Um, so it's great, like I said, great throwing clay. Um, so it crackles. So I've been using a lot of vinegar to kind of like help. With it not crackling. And I actually, I was talking to her. She's like, yeah, I would just use speckled (laughs) B-Mix. And I was like, cool. (laughs) I mean, like a bag of clay is going to last me like 15 years. So it'll be fine. But um, I still throw with Dark Star. But um, yeah, as far as the vinegar goes, I don't know if it even helps. But you can try. Um, It's, I mean, it doesn't hurt. By any means what I wouldn't do is put the vinegar behind a badge of any sort um, because it tends to expand a little bit and then like the, it needs to like air out a little bit and it sometimes like pokes holes into the badges um, have you done hmm. have you done I don't I
1: things? don't use it I just use it in high school when we were doing the slip and scorn for handles and whatnot from what I would I mean the brief, the brief thing I just looked at it was just saying it helps like break down the particles like the clay particles so I mean I think as long as you're scoring it enough and then I usually just use actual slip so maybe if you're not using slip a vinegar and water might help break it down into a more slip consistency on both sides when you're joining it
0: to kind of mesh it but I use
1: slip as my like stick Sticking them together, kind of thing.
0: Here's my here's my uh, suggestion for you, anonymous. Uh, since we don't know what your mugs look like, what I've had this issue a lot, actually, because my clay back in Washington was absolute shit, and um, <laughs> and I um, I would say the what worked for me was to kind of work with it less, if that makes sense. Like, when I put on the handle, if you can get away with it, like, I always just punched on the bottom of the handle, and I didn't, like, smooth it onto the mug. I just left it there so you could see the little, like, where it joined. Um, Also... (laughs) I know this is, like, a really shitty, like, advi- this is kind of shitty advice, but, like, if you can put the bottom of your handle high enough so that your glaze covers it, just fucking cover up that crack. Like, that's, like, yeah. super shitty advice, but it is almo- almost, like, a lot of clays just crack no matter what. And, and like, if you can cover it up with a glaze and you can't even tell, then it's no Some of issue. my top
1: attachments will subtly have a little...
0: Yeah. not it's a crack not a, but it, it like a, it
1: just like it it doesn't have a nice smooth um, yeah. join I wouldn't call it a yeah. crack it's just like separated a little bit but the glaze does fill yeah. that in right there at the top
0: right like the the thing that I just found I think was the harder I tried the more cracks I got so I started trying a little bit less and I think the vinegar can definitely help yeah um, Like, are you drying your mugs upside-right or upside-down? Maybe dry them a different way. Um, uh, Like, are you using porcelain? Are you using, you know, what kind of...
1: Do you have a lot uh, of airflow in your studio? Do you, like, what do you do after it's joined?
0: Um, You could put some toilet paper into the slip. Um, It'll just dissolve.
1: Paper clay. That might
0: help. So it's a little bit more like joiny that might help um, uh, uh, funny story uh, when I do my earrings, I have to join them you know um, they're wet, but I just lick them <laughs> yeah like i'll I'll roll out the coil and then I cut it and I just lick it and then stick it together <laughs> because fun fact if you didn't know this, magic water is your spit. <laughs> essentially it's like the same components so um um using spit is basically the same as magic water um so if it if you feel like it's not attaching just kind of like hakalugi right on top of your
1: i used to do that with my handles back in the day when i would attach yeah. handles i would literally spit on every single one yeah instead of sl- and then i started using that. slip just because i got tired of like doing the
0: that's free magic water readily available yeah um, so yeah. Uh also maybe I used a stamp at the bottom of my mugs uh bottom of the handle just to like push in the handle a little bit so it's really joined. That might help. Um I think you just I have to like be a little
1: firm on your attachment, like and you know, if you're worried about being too firm at the bottom attachment, maybe it's because your mug body is too soft when you're attaching the handle. Mm-hmm. Like I usually take the clay that I use for the handle is right out of the bag. Essentially, um, you could always what I've been doing lately is kind of batch making them so that I will slip and score all of the mug body. I'll do like five mug bodies, slip and score, and then I'll roll out five carrots of clay, roll those out, yeah. slip and score, and then I'll go through and you know uh, put the slip on them, attach them. And then go through wonder, and pull them. Like, I, yeah, the subtlest I amount also, of letting them dry might firm them up a little bit more.
0: Right. I wonder also, is it maybe too dry, too, when you're attaching? Like, it could be from being too dry as well. Like, maybe you need to attach your handle before you trim. Um, and then trim afterwards. Oh, uh, yeah. That's a little tricky, but it's very doable. I used to trim after attaching handles all the time. Um I think Ooh, it can also I, be
1: harder to join if if your mug body is trimmed and it's burnished a little bit. Like let's say yeah. you use a, a a yellow rib or something to burnish the bottom and you're trying to attach a mug handle to that, it kind of mm-hmm. slides like it's not going to grip as much. It's kind of like a Yeah. It's like the pores are like closed because They're it's been tighter, burnished yeah. versus being more open to moisture, you know?
0: yeah it's hard to like not have a definitive answer you know but it's like there could be so many things that you could do to change it and sometimes it's just the fucking clay (laughs) like when I was working with all those mugs in Washington I literally couldn't do anything Mm -hmm. like it was just the clay I had to count on the glaze to cover it up like I had done everything toilet paper vinegar I don't know all the things prayer threatening everything
1: (laughs) yeah I mean I typically will at a minimum after I attach them obviously I'll leave them out until the end of the attaching and then I will usually put them in plastic if they are finicky and the mug buys a little drier or you know, yeah. I'm I, I'm running the risk, and I'm getting a little cl- like I will put it in a damp box at least overnight, maybe for a couple maybe days. Maybe
0: yeah, because like covering them might not be enough. Maybe putting them into a damp box would help just to rehydrate everything consistently. Yeah, you know that might be helpful.
1: That would be the safest bet. Like if I'm if I'm worried about it, I will throw it in a damp box,
0: and then you can take it out and dry it as fast as you want.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like you can, once it's hydrated. All evenly, you can just pull it out and yeah.
1: I mean, I feel like once it's to a point where the mug's body is dried enough and the handle's dried, enough, like if it's starting to crack, I feel like it's not something you're gonna like go back in and add moisture to fix.
0: Yeah, I've also heard of bisque fix too. You could do it at the bisque stage. Hmm. Um, I think that does work.
1: What is that exactly? I don't know,
0: I have no idea. I've never used it, but I think I know people that have. Bisque Fix.
1: Bisque Fix, yeah. I've heard of that, too.
0: Yeah. Um, so that's an option. A little bit more spendy option, but it's an option. Okay.
1: And then the, the Lindy actually sent one that was very similar to this that uh, she sent us. Uh, Lindy Gardner Ceramics. How do you rehydrate mugs that have gotten past the moisture level to attach handles? So for me, simple answer. If it's too dry, I will literally take the mug and dunk it upside down in the water
0: mm-hmm.
1: and let it rehydrate. And if it's not hydrated enough, I'll give it another dunk. Mm-hmm. Same with the bottom. If the bottom's not dry enough, you, you can almost see every single time I attach my handles. When I attach it at the top, when I, before I attach to the bottom and I start pulling the handle, I will actually put a little water down there at the bottom where it's going to join. Yeah. Just to add a little bit more moisture. And you can always dunk the bottom of the mug in, too. Yeah, to rehydrate. That's what I do. I don't know. Do you do anything different?
0: I haven't made mugs in a long time, but um I typically do the same thing: just dunk the whole mug.
1: Yeah, I don't really like the spray method. Like, I don't really want to have a board of pots, and I just literally spray them. Like, oh, yeah. I don't think I the- sprayed them too. I don't I've know the evenness. Like,
0: what I would recommend though is that if you do dunk your whole mug, don't put it back on its rim. Like, don't set it back on its rim because the rim is the most fragile part. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's going to, like, disintegrate. Yeah. <laughs> if it is really dry. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I'm usually so dunking
1: when it's, like, like chocolate bar leather hard, where it's, like, a little stiff. Yeah. But even at that point, you it might also, be a little bit too fast. If
0: you have the time, you could also put them in a wet box, and that's a really good way to, to rehydrate. Mm -hmm. like add a little bit more water to the plaster that's what i did yesterday i had some bowls for made bowls for a friend and um she was carving them so uh yeah i just they were like dry at the rim and i just threw them in the wet box they were fine today so yeah all right that's what we do
1: yep keep it simple All right, we got another one here from Tiny Cat Pottery. We've been putting this one off for a bit. Hey, guys, I was wondering if you could touch on the best practices for studio waste and glaze disposal. Is it safe to dump water I use to clean tools after glazing in the backyard? Should I be taking it to a hazardous waste recycling plant? Does it depend? What's in the glaze for how you go about disposing of it? Thanks. Love the podcast. Keep up the sass. Also, happy belated birthday, Ryan it is september 21st that's how long we put this off
0: (laughs) wow (laughs) um (laughs) uh so um good job us um (laughs) so the uh, we're not scientists nor are we um tree huggers but I can't see anything wrong with putting glazed chemicals out in the yard. They're all from the earth anyway.
1: I think it depends on what kind of copper... Like, some of the raw materials like that are mined, I would be a little bit more weary of. Like, heavy copper glazes or heavy... Maybe not the red iron ones. I feel like the iron is pretty... Iron's
0: rock, right? Pretty
1: common with like clay and stuff, too. Like, heavy iron clays. Um, I mean, obviously, if you live near like water is going to pass over it and run into a stream or something like maybe don't, don't do
0: that don't do that
1: um, um but if you literally have like a pile of stuff I don't I mean I would I would be more likely to use it with would you I feel like I'd let it dry out all the way first instead of just dumping it but then I don't even know what I would like would it be better Put it in a literal trash can versus dumping it in if, the yard.
0: If it was dried out. Here's my suggestion. If you're really concerned about the environment. <laughs> put put a hole in your backyard where you like don't care about it. Put a fucking five gallon bucket in that hole. Drill a shit ton of holes in the bottom. Or even hollow it out so that it. Or like, and just dump all your leftover glaze stuff in there, and then it's only contained in that area.
1: Why would you put holes in the bucket then? It's still I gonna, don't know. it's still gonna seep down into the ground.
0: Don't put holes in the bucket. I don't fucking care. Um, but I'm I mean I'm always gonna throw it out in the backyard. I don't fucking care.
1: I mean the I mean the glaze stuff I make into mystery glaze so yeah
0: i mean like that stuff i'll make into mystery glaze i would
1: say do that i mean that's what they that's what they're saying they're saying they clean tools after glazing do they dump the water like i just keep one five gallon bucket of water in my glaze studio and i use that same bucket all the time no matter how like messy ish the the bucket gets like it's got glaze material in it so i will take off the clean water and then I'll make it into a mystery glaze with the sediment.
0: But what happens? It's full what happens when it's like I don't know? It happens when it's like there's too much of it, <laughs> you know? Like, I what feel like most of these people
1: like, are studio potters, though. How much are they literally producing? Good point. They're producing yeah. enough that a five-gallon bucket in their studio is taking up too much space. Would you... I mean, I'd rather... I mean, obviously, I'd rather be dumping clay in my backyard than dumping glaze materials in my backyard.
0: Yeah. I think you can... I think it's safe to say that you can dump clay in your backyard anytime. It's fine. Be fine with that. Yeah. Can we say that?
1: I think that's fine.
0: Okay. I've never dumped glaze in my backyard because I've always reused it. Um.
1: Or you literally put it up and say, hey, I have this. Does somebody want it? Like.
0: Yeah. Like a... Uh, but... I also wouldn't be totally opposed to dumping it in my backyard if I had to. Um I I also want to pose another thing, another um option. So if you got like a terracotta pot that was like big um and put, plug the hole up, you could dump the water out and just leave it in your yard and the water will seep out but it'll it'll um filter out the chemicals. So the water will come out but the stuff on the inside won't. So that might be a good option too if you want like cleaner water.
1: Then what do you do with the terracotta pot? There's just a bunch of glaze material just, in there.
0: Just throw it in the fucking trash. Like when it's dry.
1: Oh, so you're just drying out all the material. Like
0: mm. if you were gonna, if you wanted to like dry it out and like save it or, or not save it but like save the universe, then um
1: I mean you could you could probably I mean what would be the risk in making a Like, having a crap bowl and putting big hunks of dry stuff in the bowl and firing it. It's going to become glass, right? And then you just throw that That away.
0: That's a very bad idea. Just put the dry stuff in the trash.
1: (laughs) Don't risk your kiln to try and (laughs) save, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, yeah.
1: Yeah, if (laughs) if you went the long route of getting rid of its, like... You'd have to glaze every, a bunch of pieces with this mm-hmm. crap glaze until the glaze was gone. I mean, a yeah. lot of places will have pickups once a year. Like, we have hazardous material drop offs. Like, once a year, you go to this but place and think you drop it's off It's hazardous.
0: Stuff. Like, I'm not sure it's hazardous waste. Like, I've heard a lot of people say that, like, the glaze pottery, like, the glaze water is fine for your garden, even. Like, because of the nutrients in the.
1: I'm sure there's different metals that you probably don't want to be just dumping out.
0: I mean, maybe yeah. I I think that it's fair to say that both you and me, if we were posed with the problem, would just dump it out in your yard. Um,
1: yeah. I mean, first and foremost, I'm going to reuse it as much as possible because I do the mystery right, glaze thing. But honestly. I would dumping in the yard would not be the very last thing I would do. I don't know if that made sense.
0: Yeah.
1: I would uh, dump it in the yard before I would go the route of trying to glaze a hundred pieces with it just to get rid of it and then throw all those hundred pieces in the trash.
0: Okay, it says, or we, don't it know if this, we don't know if this man is uh, valid or anything, but I'm going to read the beginning of this thread. In my experience, trace of clay Do not present a problem. Glazes, on the other hand, can be. Some of the chemicals which are in them can hurt them. I think they're talking about plants. Um, Can hurt them. And some will just be absorbed into the plant. I know of someone who is living on a military base and had been growing vegetables on a vacant lot next to their housing. One day they noticed strangers... Taking soil samples of the vegetable garden. Several weeks later, they received a letter saying that they should not eat eat any of their vegetables. They were growing, and in the future, should only plant flowers there. Plants absorb things just like people do.
1: Oh yeah, don't don't dump it in your literal garden.
0: You know what? I also had a raku bowl that was glazed with this okay saturated copper matte glaze. I didn't like the way it turned out, and one day I decided to use it as a planter. It's porous, should work. Every plant I put in there got sickly and died. (laughs) Um, Yeah,
1: that doesn't sound like you should be doing that. Don't put it in things you're going to eat, or things that you expect to thrive. I was thinking more like woods, but, I mean, I literally live with woods behind me, but...
0: Yeah, it does say pouring these chemicals on the soil creates a danger for pets can create and
1: wild like animals
0: yeah
1: Yeah. obviously it depends on what kind of land you live on to like do you have a place to dump it or right. is it literally going to be like 10 feet out your back door
0: yeah like don't put it on your garden um
1: I hate to say it, but I would, like, offer it for free if it's, like, a big bucket of something that's, like, I didn't like this. Here's a test tile. If you want it, come get it.
0: Oh, yeah. I've done that. People people buy them. Literally free glaze.
1: Come get it. Yeah. Yeah. Some of the chemicals I wouldn't worry about, but, like, the copper and the, like, lithium. Mm Mm-hmm. Titanium? I don't know. Maybe not titaniums. I mean, some of the stuff like red iron oxide. Isn't that like rust, right?
0: I think so. Like,
1: there's plenty of metals that literally rust and get rained on, and they run into the ground. And
0: it does say that federal standards list Tracy. Federal standards lists ways to dispose of chemicals. Read the list of chemicals in your glaze, And you, uh, what do you So there must be a standard, a federal standard list for chemicals and the, the way you dispose of them. So that might be something to look up. Also, um, I will say this. If you are throwing it away um, at the dump or in a trash can or something like that, it has to be the consistency of peanut butter. So you can't, like, just throw water... <laughs> into the dump you have to let it absorb
1: throw it in um, some cat litter or something
0: yeah so it has to be like a, a peanut buttery ish type consistency so it doesn't just bleh all over the stuff yeah i threw away a lot of clay back in the day <laughs> i don't know there's a lot of inconclusive data on this thread <laughs>
1: Probably because nobody has done enough studies on dumping ceramic materials. Yeah. (laughs) Who's putting money into that?
0: Ah, yes.
1: I'm curious what, like, big factories do. Like East Fork Pottery or some of these big...
0: Yeah, that is a good question. It would be a good question to ask them. Just to be like, hey, um, what do you do? (laughs) Mm -hmm. Let us know. A lot of people are saying, please get the materials, the MDS, MSDS, uh, material safety data sheet of the glazes. Every glaze has one that's made, like, that you sell. Um, So you can ask for it from the company, and they are liable to have one. They legally have to have one. Um, And then if you're making your own glaze, you basically have the material safety data sheet within your chemicals. But uh, that is a good way to... Figure out what's in them and what's like how to dispose of them or whatever. I feel like we should just maybe just chalk this up with we don't know, but this is what we would do, and we're terrible people for it. So I've never thrown glaze out,
1: I haven't either. I've always had to give it to somebody, but uh, I've always like it's
0: always turned into a mystery glaze.
1: Yeah, I have like at least a five gallon bucket of glaze that i need to do something with though that got accidentally mixed up like two years ago that i literally have not decided what to do with it but yeah like when i mix my next mystery glaze up i might put a little bit of that in there
0: yeah i mean yeah and like if you have a mystery glaze that's a little dark throw some black stain in there and then you got a black glaze like good great perfect you know throw a little stain in there to see if it'll change um, but yeah, like if you're washing all of your tools out, make sure you're washing clay tools and clay water, glaze tools and glaze water. And then it just sinks to the bottom, take the top water off mm-hmm. and, um, and then mix it up when it's full and then you have a nice sieve it out and then you have a nice yeah, throw mystery a glaze.
1: Got to do that soon with my next refill some mystery glaze. All right. Do we want to do another one here? Do you want to read the next one? Yeah. This is like right up your alley, throwing.
0: This is right up my alley. Okay. It says, I have a throwing question. So I have a student who is having the hardest time pulling without pulling off lots of clay. What exactly is is that caused by? Because she's got a good amount of water on her fingers, not too much or too little. She's moving slower than her wheel is turning, using the pads of her fingers rather than the tip. Um, and she's got her fingers staggered. Most of the students have taught, I've taught who've had this problem, it was always because of using their fingertips, and it was fixed by using more of the pad of their fingers. But I'm wondering if that changed somehow else because of how much she's struggling with it. you have any ideas before I go in? <laughs>
1: Well, she mentioned the speed. The speed was what I was going to go with, but she mentioned the water as well.
0: well she didn't like really going, mention this. She did mention the speed, but I think she's stopping.
1: She's like stopping, waiting, and then she's like, okay, I got to keep going. Yeah. I think it also has to do with like the amount that the clay is... Like, I think when I pull, I kind of... St- like, keep two fingers kind of next to each other when I'm pushing. I'm not pushing with just one finger and letting the clay literally, like, bulge out right above it. I kind of use... Is this
0: your second pull or your first pull?
1: Probably my second pull. Okay. I don't know. I feel like I just keep a couple fingers there so it's more surface area than just one finger.
0: Yep.
1: And just kind of, like, keeping the clay kind of inward, so that I'm not, like, lifting, like, a a tube, or, like, lifting a coil up.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm, like, kind of, like, lightly guiding it back up. I don't know. And I use a sponge, so.
0: So, I'm gonna go through, I don't exactly know what her problem is, but I'm about to go through, like, a whole bunch of shit, so if you want like a free lesson right now pause this (laughs) and get to your first fucking is this what
1: (laughs) you get into with the consulting when you watch somebody do it
0: yeah so this is what so pause yeah pause it and get get to your first poll like open up your base okay so when you are doing your there's two very different types of pulls the first pull and the second pull right so our first pull is a compression pull our second is a height pull your first pull i'm assuming is what she's having issues with i'm not sure but what i can say is this it's not necessarily about the tips or the pads of your fingers as it is about the speed the consistency and the pressure that you're using so on your first pull your fingers actually should be together They are not going to be offset a little bit. They're going to be together because this is a compression pull. So you're moving all the molecules to the space that you need to be at. So um, when you're pulling up, what you want to do is you want to be less aggressive on the bottom. You want to still get like your clay off the bottom. You want to be less aggressive on the bottom. You actually want to be more aggressive on the top so that your top inch and a half is thin, almost as thin as what you want the pot to be when it's finished and the reason for that is because especially if you're using anything more than a pound you're going to be doing an aggressive second pull and that second pull if you're pulling up you're gonna just take off the top of the the piece because you're too top-heavy if you're even walls all the way up on your first pull that's great if you want to do four pulls but if you want to do two to three pulls then you want to have it thin at the top thicker at the bottom Okay, now I think with her, she's stopping. So the best way to teach how to do this is to is to show the rotation of the wheel and then show your progression up the up the side of the pot. And the easiest way to kind of relay it is say it's like a metronome. So every time you're going around, you're counting, and every time you're counting, you're continuing to move up. Um, if you really want to like watch her do a poll and you'll see if she stops and if she stops um say move your move your hands move your hands like get on her about like moving them up consistently instead of thinking about it and stopping uh then if she gets to her second poll that's where she wants to have Um, Off-centered fingers and your your inside finger should be above your outside finger and the higher and the more depth You have between those fingers the more height. You're gonna get as you pull so Same with the first pull you're gonna be more aggressive on the bottom. Well, actually it's it's opposite. Sorry I lied. It's opposite than the first pull You want to be more aggressive on the bottom less aggressive on the top because our top is already to our thinness that we basically want it so you're going to you know get as much clay from the bottom as you as you can then once you get to about maybe an inch and a half maybe two inches then you're going to let up a little bit slow down a little bit and keep moving your hands up and then that should like center out your like you know uh, make the right height and um thickness I really do think that it's her speed. Um, and it probably is that she's not being, a, like, as, like, her first pull. Like, she's, she's
1: reluctant.
0: Yeah. And also, don't be afraid to stop in the middle of a pull. Like, she could have not enough water for her. You know? Um, if you are drying up, like, as you're pulling because you're going maybe a little bit slower, Stop get some more water and start right where you left (laughs) like there's nothing wrong with that i do it all the time um i don't know why teachers are telling you that you that like that's like a bad thing like fuck them um
1: (laughs) if i like know that i don't have enough water i usually will just kind of like let off but like finish the pull. but i'm barely Mm -hmm. putting any pressure just to like go through the motion instead of just stopping
0: i stop i get water and then i just start up again um, like where I left off, but yeah, I think that it's probably the, um, yeah, and and is her wheel moving too fast, is it moving too slow, a lot of people move too fast, especially if they're making bowls, by the way, um, like their wheel might be going too fast, you really have to find that like even keel of like how fast you're pulling versus how fast your wheel's turning, but she knows that, oh, this is passionate arts and crafts, by the way. Um, but yes, also if she has to throw with a sponge, fucking let her, like maybe a sponge is what needs to help her be a little bit more like, I think of a sponge as a safety blanket and, um, I use it when I, I use them when I do larger things, it's absolutely okay to use a sponge if you want to, that's fine, if you don't, also fine, but, um, it might help. To use a sponge on the outside, yeah. um, but definitely like it could be from squeezing too hard, uh, not moving up fast, like not moving at all. <laughs> you know, <laughs> letting it just like kind of hold there. But you need to squeeze a little bit harder on the on the top than the bottom on your first pull, especially.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But beginners, I never expect them to get like that second pull really. Um, that's usually for a later scenario
1: yeah it seems like the f- like the first pull you're really getting the height and like the part that's moving the most is obviously the the wall but you're like firming up the top half of it in mm. the second pull you're firming up the bottom half of it for the most part you're not really moving mm-hmm. a ton of clay up from the top from the half up and the right. last one you're kind of moving up the bottom third mostly or like shaping yeah yeah shaping so you're kind of yeah, like moving sure. back moving in reverse
0: yeah like reverse of what you would think i like the first if on your first pull if your if your pot is a is a half an inch to a quart, three quarters of an inch thick on the top that's too thick like it needs to be like half to less than a half um in my yeah. opinion just because it will help you as you get higher
1: if you're making like a mug
0: yeah if you're making a mug or what have you yeah yeah a bowl might be a little bit different, but honestly, yeah. honestly, you know what I always thought when I was younger is that bowls were like, bowls are the easy thing. No, bowls are intermediate. <laughs> bowls are fucking intermediate.
1: Well, I think there's a few different ways to like make them. Like you yeah. could you could like make a first pull and leave it a little thicker at the top because you're gonna like belly it out and you're gonna need more of that.
0: That's what I do. That yeah, that's what I
1: do. to spread the diameter you want. So. Or you could, like... Yeah,
0: that's why I'm saying they're intermediate, because there's, yeah. like, so much involved in throwing a bowl correctly. And yeah. And, like, well, you know? And, like, at the beginning, you're like, that's the only thing you throw because you can't figure out how to throw a fucking cylinder. Uh-huh. And so, you're like, oh, yeah, I can throw bowls. No, you can't.
1: When I first learned to throw bowls <laughs> in high school, I would, uh, I would throw a cylinder, and then they would teach us to, like, bevel the top edge so it was, like, outward,
0: that's what I teach, and
1: then you, you kind of. I think you start. I think they taught us to start from the middle and work no. our way up with a yep. with a wooden rib until you met that bevel, mm-hmm. and then lay it down and then do it again.
0: That's good that I'm not the only one that teaches that. I've never seen anybody teach that, but that's how that's how I teach them too. Yeah, but I don't teach with a rib. I just teach with a sponge. But same, same.
1: Yeah, but it, yeah, it's more focused really on working help. inside instead of like using your hands on the outside to say, Well, you need to put the pressure pushing outward from the inside. Yeah. It's more like just you know, like let the The rib biggest do thing the that I
0: found, especially when directing people to make bowls, is that on the last shaping pole or push, I guess, um, if you use a sponge and you start in the very middle of your base and push down and out, but specifically down and out, like you're going to get a lot nicer of a, a belly on the bottom um, as opposed to just pushing out and starting like three inches from the base, middle base, you know?
1: Oh like, yeah. The like, center
0: point. Yeah. Like you have to push down and that's what like never really registered in my brain, <laughs> like to teach at least like, you no know, that pressure and it doesn't make any sense. The pressure needs to be down and that's what like really pushes it out and like to make this beautiful nice like curve yeah you know?
1: and you i've seen you do it but like remove a little bit of clay before you do your third mm-hmm. before your third you do motion your last
0: shaping pull remove a little bit of clay on the bottom unless you're doing wide bowls and if you're doing wide bowls don't remove that clay um and use that clay to extend your your bottom like the the base Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. All right. If y'all like that instruction, somebody does consults. <laughs> right. And it is not me.
0: <laughs> it would be interesting to see if I could do like a verbal, just like verbal. I mean, I kind of did just do a verbal like teaching thing, but it would be. I've always kind of wanted to like take a shape or like take throwing and just like do it like do a verbal. Lesson. I think it would,
1: I think it'd be kind of cool to to vary it. Like maybe you do one, here's how you could do it if you are generally a faster worker. Like if you yeah. your wheel speed's faster or if you're a heavy water user, here's how you should do it or if you're a slow wheel speed or if yeah. you change speeds throughout.
0: Yeah. Well, I do I would say this. There's a lot of people that have heavy fast wheels like they do fast wheel throwing and they shouldn't be like they're going too fast that's the reason why they aren't being successful if they're not successful um sometimes you just gotta slow the fuck down like slow your fucking wheel down Mm -hmm. um (laughs) like sometimes that's just what it needs to happen especially when you're throwing bowls like when you're throwing a bowl, you're literally moving the clay outward. If you go fast, it's just gonna keep going out, <laughs> like yeah, like
1: you have to have pretty great control to yeah. be able to keep that clay where you want it to be,
0: yeah, um, but yeah, I'm like I'm like, no, 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 slower, 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 slower. <laughs> like that's what usually happens in the consoles, slower, slow, slower. slower. We're
1: being efficient here. We're not being fast. We're being efficient. <laughs>
0: efficient, <laughs> yeah. Um, I did find out though with intermediate people, I think I'm going to start doing half-hour consultations because, like,
1: an hour's too long.
0: An hour's too long because we're t- we're doing we're talking about the smallest changes. Uh-huh. Like I did one with. Um, I'll ask her if this is okay afterwards, but I did one with Ashley Ball, and uh-huh. I was like, I don't think we should do an hour. I basically told her i was like you don't need one <laughs> like like you probably don't need a consultation but we'll do one anyway and i, just, I was like as long as it takes i'll just refund the money back <laughs> you know um, you need
1: to but, do like a 30 minute one but like i feel like the tips you're gonna have for an intermediate is pro they're probably gonna see the value in it way more
0: right yeah so like she, you so could we, change it it did yeah. end up being only 30 minutes and but i changed I helped her change like a few things, and she texted like she messaged me like an hour later. she was like, "I cut off a minute of my time, yeah. so like it's it's very substantial, but it's just really quick. It's like okay, you've showed me that you're thrown like you've thrown once, and I'm like, you need to do this, 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 and this. yeah, that's it.
1: so if you did thirty minutes, maybe you just price it like forty bucks for thirty minutes or sixty bucks for sixty minutes
0: yeah. Like well, I was it's thinking, it's still
1: beneficial, but it makes more sense for them to pay for an hour if they want.
0: I think what would make sense for an immediate actually instead of just one thirty minute minute thirty minute one is to do two thirty minute ones once like a month apart so that you can um, oh yeah, so that you can talk about what you've been doing and then kind of like
1: oh a little subscription there. service consult,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Nice. I like Cause that. Cuz it's
0: like yeah, you can help somebody to get to an intermediate level, but once they've like then you're going to have to practice to get to intermediate and then once you, you get to that point then Plus it's they like they could they could okay. throw
1: other forms too and say like I need help with this form. Yeah. That might take 15 minutes.
0: Right. Yeah. So, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at. It was good to finally do one with somebody who was like at that level Mm
1: -hmm. so
0: that it was like okay i don't need to tell you how to do your first poll i don't need to tell you how to do your second poll i just need to tell you to be more aggressive on that second poll and to you know Mm -hmm. like so that was a nice nice moment
1: yeah it's probably nice to just like watch people throw and you're just wonderful objectively like all right Let's see what we can do here, and then let's see what we can do here.
0: I mean, that literally is what, like, I live for. Like, <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. And, and it's, like, so satisfying when they get it, when the light clicks on. Or, like, when you do something and they're like, I just can't get this. And I'm like, oh, that's why. <laughs> and then it, like, totally goes into, you know, it's just so freaking rewarding to, like, see people yeah succeed
1: yeah well yeah plus it's like kind of it's vulnerable for having someone to watch you make to throw like especially when you're at a level where it's like i've been making on my own for years and i work in my own studio like nobody sees me work and there's nobody that's going to objectively tell me something so you almost have to pay for somebody to tell you something so that you can improve
0: oh for sure and like and everybody's always like i'm so nervous and like please don't be freaking nervous like i'm going to make jokes and i'm going to make you feel super comfortable like you're Mm -hmm. fine like
1: and there's a there's a lot of people that you might know as like friends and stuff that you know what their end result pieces look like but you don't know how they got to that end result you don't know how they make it you don't know how efficient they are right you know you don't know if they're an expert in like efficiency of throwing or they throw really well yeah or if they just trim a lot off and they end up with a good pot in the end but right But, uh, I think these days you can see a lot of people's process more and more
0: Mm -hmm.
1: with Instagram. So, okay. Yeah. I know Erica's looking forward to, uh, I'm looking
0: forward to it. It's going to be so much fun. I haven't done, well, it's going to be after I honestly like doing them online has been so much easier than doing consultations in person. Um
1: well yeah, you don't have to spend time to drive to and from. Like
0: No, it's not even that. I'm doing one in person tomorrow and I'm gonna I'm glad because I'm going on the first to do lessons in person as well. But like it's so easy for me to just watch <laughs> and just be like, This is what you need to do, you know? And um and it gives them there's no handicap for them. You know, I'm not there to like put their hands somewhere, they have to figure it out on their own. So it's like oh. almost easier to teach them over the internet than it is what I remember teaching in person. So it'll be interesting to like go tomorrow and do that. So
1: Nice. Yeah, and you I'm, can tell them like, yeah. Hey, I'm gonna talk you through what to do. I'm not gonna I'm and not that's gonna what I do. physically push you to push harder. Like Yeah.
0: The only thing that's hard is centering. Like the only thing that I'm really having a struggle with is like telling somebody how to center better. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. "Uh, you need to put your whole body's weight on this, please. (laughs) No more. (laughs) And like
1: how close are you? Where are you? Where is your weight right now? How stiff
0: is it? (laughs) Like is your butt lightly
1: (laughs) off the seat? So you're like, you know
0: yeah that's the only hard part i think that's my only requirement you need to know how to center (laughs) yeah
1: there's plenty of room to go from there once you know how to center yeah okay sweet all right do we want to go to this last one here
0: oh yeah i thought we were done
1: all right there's one more that is kiln related uh, Ryan Beck, I had a question for you. I have had my eyes set on a Scut KM kiln, and have been saving up. A friend recently mentioned that they are looking to sell their Crest manual kiln. They had bought refurbished from a reputable place. I'm nervous about a kiln sitter setup, but excited to pay one fifth less than I was planning to for a kiln. Are there any downsides to starting with a kiln sitter setup? A underscore niche underscore Insta.
0: I always recommend starting with a kiln setter set up.
1: Yeah. I mean, for one, the price is great. I mean, you're going to get so much more value out of learning what you're doing. Yeah. With maintaining a kiln.
0: I don't know. It's almost like buying a beat-up car, like your very first car, being like an absolute beater. You know, like... It's like you have so much more appreciation for kilns <laughs> I feel like you do that
1: because you're going to wreck the son of a bitch within the first couple of years.
0: It's that too. But, um, but like, I don't know. I love kiln sitters. I almost wish that I had a kiln sitter cause there's almost, they're like almost fail safe. You know, um, I do obviously love the controller, but, and there's always an option of getting a controller an external controller that plugs into it. Mm-hmm. I don't know where you are, but um, in Washington they sell them. I don't know if anybody else sells them, honestly. Um, but yeah, I definitely, definitely do not shy away from a kiln setter. Like, yeah. It fires I think the it's same a- almost, you know?
1: Yeah. Would you say it does it make any difference if you are depending on what situation you're in, let's say you're strictly hobbyist. Like you don't care about making it a long-term thing. Um, or what factors would keep you from the kiln sitter? I guess if you had money to spend and you didn't care, you literally yeah. wanted to go with the easiest option that is going to work for you with the least amount of headache.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing about a kiln sitter is that you have to go and manually turn it up. That's the biggest thing. Is that, you know, you just have... If you're, like, an on-the-go type person all the time, we're not telling you that you should leave your kiln unattended, but if you're an on-the-go type person or, like, the only time you can fire is in the middle of the night, (laughs) um, maybe don't get a kiln center. (laughs) But uh, it does take, you know, every two... It's just like having a baby. Every two hours, you got to go out and turn the Mm -hmm. knobs. So that is one thing um if you have to hold for some reason that's kind of difficult um to know when that happens but but it does kind of teach you to be like super simple with your glazes when you say like
1: like your glaze application and stuff or just just
0: like basic firing you know where it's like i don't need a super long hold i don't need you know
1: yeah i mean ultimately you just need to get that cone to bend and that's it
0: and that's it. Like, so, and if your glaze doesn't work with that, then you're like, well, I'll just fix the glaze. <laughs> and I mean, that I, is nice for later on. Makes I sense mean, the
1: simple. one other, the one downside is you do have to put in some work to like understand what's going on with the kiln. Because if there are issues with like elements going out or like this is where witness cones help, you know, yeah. you don't have a controller that's going to tell you, hey, there was an error. And then you can look up what that error was, right. and it tells you exactly what to do. Or you yeah, can call you, up a number and say, all right, what's going on with my kiln? Like,
0: And you need to, like, this is one of those things where if you get the kiln sitter, which we are recommending you do. Um, if you get the kiln sitter, you know, fill it up with shelves and, and stilts, no pieces. Fire it. I would do a firing in a BIS schedule, and I would do a firing in, in a glaze schedule and time it and um see how long those take just like an empty one just to see uh just so that you have a standard for what you're dealing with because you're right there is nothing that like like tells you something's wrong you know like your kiln could be going for 15 hours when it should be going for nine and you have no idea you know unless you go down and check frequently but like um but You don't know.
1: You just keep going and you're like, well, yeah. that thing's got to bend at some point, but <laughs>
0: some it could be that
1: like, an element's out and the other ones are overcompensating for it.
0: Or it could be that your, your stilt got stuck. You know, the, the, the cone yeah. got stuck in the And cancer. everything's melting inside like,
1: because you don't know yeah, why it's like, not going off.
0: This is also another reason to make sure that you have your witness cones in eyesight You know, of the peephole. That's why peepholes exist. Um, To have the witness cones in eyesight so that you know when it drops. That's your safety net. And, like, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, honestly, it can teach you so much. And it's, like, the perfect starter kiln, in my
1: opinion. Yeah, even if you're, like, okay, I'm going to do this for the long term. And, like, I still think you need to know those basics of a kiln and firing and loading yeah, and then you're like, okay, now I know how to load this kiln. I know what kiln stilt heights I like. You know, I yeah. I know how to take care of my shelves. Like kiln, I know what kiln wash is and why to do that. Because you, if you ruin a small kiln shelf from a kiln sitter, it's probably a lot cheaper than ruining a big kiln shelf yeah. that's, you know, a 25 inch shelf or 22 inch shelf.
0: Well, I mean, I've had I've had ten cubic foot kiln sitter kilns so.
1: But, oh yeah
0: yeah. But also remember you can always get an electronic attachment later If you know You find that like going out every two hours um, And that those ones It's the box The Bartlett box And you just plug it into the side of the box And that And then you put a thermocouple into the kiln And that um,
1: What plugs into the box Because you have the elements The cord like,
0: The cord plugs in So like Yeah
1: yeah It, it plugs into the wall
0: The cord plugs into the box, and then the box plugs into the wall.
1: What cord plugs into the box?
0: The kiln cord plugs into the box.
1: The power cord?
0: The power cord plugs into the the box. Okay. Yes. And then the box has another power cord, and then it's plugged into the wall. And so then there is a thermocouple that goes into the kiln that's connected to the box. And Mm -hmm. then the The box... The Bartlett box. Yes. And... You put on the kiln at high all the time, and it just regulates itself
1: oh, really, yeah, so what so the power going to the the Bartlett just determines how much power to put through the element okay, that's yeah. what I was wondering. I was like, how do you connect the box element wires to the elements themselves on the rings, so that's how yeah okay. It,
0: so it's always on high, and that's how elements are. They're always on high. They just turn off and on
1: right. at a certain
0: rate. So
1: wait, wait, wait. I thought when you changed the knobs, that just changed the amount of So you're saying on a on a manual kiln when you turn the knob to low it's it's still like the same amount of power going through the element as when it's on high?
0: Yeah. It's just it's
1: okay. I thought, it, I thought it had less power going through it when it's on low.
0: No. It's the same if I understand correctly. It's the same amount of power that's going through. It's just turning on and off slower. So it's like it'll turn on really quick and turn off and then it'll wait and then it'll turn on really quick and then turn off and then it'll wait. And oh. then on medium it's like on off wait on off wait and then on high it's on <laughs> like oh okay yeah.
1: so it's it, the the knobs are really communicating more with like the relay yeah than it is the power Correct. oh okay i that's didn't know that, that makes simple, more sense actually that's
0: why they're such simple machines they're always on high the relay is the only thing that's really changing
1: yeah. anything and you can hear that with even an electronic controller you can hear when it's like
0: clicking the powers on and off. Yeah.
1: clicking on and off and that's the okay huh i just learned something i didn't know that
0: yeah
1: okay plus i feel like it's nice to upgrade like totally. over time and then you can pass on your kiln to somebody else that is up and coming and figuring things out
0: yeah who needs a brand new kiln get a brand new kiln after you've done it for like 10 years
1: I mean some people have had used kilns and they're like, I've literally never changed my elements. I'm terrified of it. I don't know what to do. I'm gonna break something, but if you're gonna break something, break something with the manual kiln sitter kiln.
0: Yeah, it's so easy to fix.
1: But um, yeah, I'm like, figure it out. I'm like you can do this, it's not that difficult. No. I don't know how much it costs to have somebody come replace your elements for you or like diagnose a kiln for you, but I'm sure it's not cheap.
0: Yeah, yeah, just do it, just do it regular, and then, yeah, just get the fucking kilns that are, it's, it's gonna be a great kiln, I think they're more, I think they can be more reliable than electric mm-hmm. kilns, like, old electric kilns, new electric kilns, fine, but, um.
1: Plus, there's a, mar- there's a big market out there with old kilns, mm-hmm. like, people, yeah. people get into it, and they forget about it, and they have them piled up, yeah. and they literally give them to you for free.
0: Also, it's a Crest, which is a pretty good brand. Um, I would shy away from Crucible, typically.
1: That's a, that's a really old one.
0: Yeah, Crucible's really old.
1: I feel like you'll see some Crests out there, you'll see some Paragons out there, some Duncans.
0: I mean, make obviously make sure the, the temp is high enough too. Like, oh, did you see my (laughs) fucking Val? Val like texted me and she's like, this kiln is across the street for $300. Should I get it? And I was like, well, what's the temp on the side? And she's like, it looks immaculate inside. I was like, well, what's the temp? It was cone one.
1: Cone one?
0: Yeah. And I was like, abort, abort, abort. (laughs) I saw that.
1: That was Val.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I was like, get out now.
1: (laughs) Don't even look at it. They're going to use car salesman you into this kiln. (laughs) <laughs> don't worry about the one. It's it's a ten. The zero fell off of it somewhere. I don't know.
0: Oof. Yeah.
1: Killing sitter kilns. You gotta get on it.
0: Mm. I would love I
1: love kiln sitters. How much do the electronic controller attachments like cost?
0: It was expensive. It was like four hundred bucks.
1: Is that worth getting that over that was years upgrading ago. the kiln?
0: Years ago. Honestly, those kilns worked for me for years after that years
1: okay so it's worth the investment to get the controller yeah versus actually paying for an all-new kiln if you are still good with the amount of space you have in it
0: and what's great about the controller is that if you get two kilns that are the same amperage um you can just move the thermocouple (laughs) from one kiln to the next (laughs) so like so um i would fire my crest kiln i think it was a crest I would fire the crest and, um, it would get up to temp all was well. Oh, also what I like about having the electronic and the kiln sitter is that it has that safety guard of the kiln sitter. So I would always put a seven cone in there so that if it did hit cone seven, it just dropped and stopped. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, um, I would always fire the, you know, I fire the crest and then it would get to temp all was well. And then i'd unplug it plug my other one in and then plug and then put the thermocouple in just like move it over to the other kiln Mm -hmm. and boom did you have to just drill
1: a hole for the thermocouple
0: yeah it's easy yeah and there's always there's pretty much always a hole on the back side of um of the kilns that are of any kiln but the kilns that are kilns there's always like a tiny little hole in the metal um, and that's where your thermocouple goes. It's usually in the middle in the middle uh, about f- two feet away from the controller panel on the right side. Um, and hmm. um Yeah, so yeah that was really nice I really it was great to have that and yeah. Um, yeah.
1: Plus it'll usually uh, I think usually you'll use less amps, too, with the... I feel like you might get a smaller kiln and it won't use many amps with the, the plug and stuff. Yeah. And the wire that you need to hook it up. Yeah. But then if you do upgrade, you might need to update the, the wiring for your... Uh, if you get a also, new kiln that's bigger. Also,
0: I will say that that um, controller box completely saved my ass. Like, it saved my house from burning down. Um... Because the kiln that I had was on wheels, and I would normally turn it, and I forgot to turn it that one time, and the in the um, the wire was touching the kiln, and it melted, and it oh. shorted out the box, and turned off my power. And it melted to the box, and if it had melted to my plug, it would have been a hell of a lot worse could have caused way more problems but it melted to the box instead of melting to the plug and the box shorted out so and it was an easy fix too i I fixed the box no problem so wow
1: interesting yeah i would never even think about like get up like getting a controller but i'll like use those kilns until their legs fall off and then I'll stumble upon a good deal, and that's when I would upgrade.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel well, like you yeah. always
1: kind of got to be looking. Like, if you even have an inkling of, like, interest in seeing it, like, you need to start looking. I feel like when you get to that desperation point where, like, I need to get one, I need to pay full price for one. Yeah. Like, I you know, when I was looking for kilns, I'd look for, like, three or four months, even when I wasn't even in the market for it. I would just, like, look. Yeah. Marketplace, Craigslist, like, you could find them out there. Yeah. All right. Anything else today? I don't think so. A lot of studio stuff.
0: Oh, um, well, this will come out after last week's episode, but swap sign-up is... I forgot the dates already. I was like, do you have the documents up? No. Potswap sign-up is
1: ups uh, will start to the public on october, october 16th, 16th at 12 p.m eastern eastern time
0: yep october 16th 12 p.m eastern time that should be late afternoon in europe and like nine o'clock on the East, on the west coast so that should be good for mm-hmm. everybody
1: and for those of you that participated in last year, we've already told you all this in the past, but if you participate the previous year, you will get an email directly to you.
0: Yeah, a couple days uh, before.
1: Two days before. And it'll be like, hey, pot swap time. Sign up. So yep. that's your benefit. If you do it, you get in first. Yep. And we're going to have a thousand people in this year.
0: Woo wee.
1: Hit me good. Four digits.
0: Four <laughs>
1: digits. Five year anniversary, a thousand.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: I'm getting excited for it. I, I was dreading it to- but now that we've talked about it and the timeline yeah. and stuff, I'm I'm not as
0: well it's a lot easier last worried. year we set it up so well to just like go. Yeah, we know uh, what we're doing. But I giving. will say I will say that this year I'm a little bit like apprehensive. Like I don't really want to get anything.
1: Cuz um. you're getting rid of stuff?
0: Yeah. I want to give, but I don't want to get anything. So I don't know how to
1: So I need to pick a, a good person that will send you something good.
0: I don't know. I don't know. I like I don't know. I don't know. I don't I don't know. Cause, like I'm gonna be I feel like you liked what you
1: got last year, I can't remember what it was, but
0: oh yeah, I got the mug with the goose on it,
1: oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> fledgling studios,
0: yeah, yeah, it was great, <laughs> um, who'd you get last year?
1: Ceramics by Jenny,
0: oh, yeah, that's right, that's right.
1: She wrote me a very nice note,
0: oh,
1: I kept it in my studio
0: oh that's cute (laughs) yeah I know it's like I want to do all the things but I don't really need the thing so maybe I can send a note to my person or you could send a note to my person and say hey you're going to make this for Becca but she's going to give it to somebody as a gift
1: oh like you're going to get the pot but you're going to gift it
0: yeah
1: Okay, who are you going to give it to me
0: I don't know. <laughs> Somebody who needs it more than us. I don't know.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: I'll figure it out. Maybe I'll just take the pot.
1: I feel like there's like an option out there to to do like a like a letter swap in a different a different time than pot swap. Like literally just like swap a letter like write a letter or something. like a pen you know.
0: pal situation
1: but it's just random right you're just like yeah. i don't know you t- i mean that's part of what you include you include your little story and journey and stuff in there yeah i don't know do you get letters these days i feel like it's kind of exciting when you get something that's i yeah. mean i get excited when i the only letters i get nowadays that i'm excited about are like checks from galleries when i'm like <laughs> oh i wasn't expecting this i got a check today Woo!
0: so my friend jen in california Uh, the only non-Potter that listens to this podcast, Um, other than your mom, Uh, (laughs) she sends me postcards from every single place that they go. And she's done this for years. So Mm -hmm. um, she's big on, like, postcards and letters.
1: Okay. Yeah. Nice. I don't even know that I know people's addresses, though, to send, like, a random letter, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I do know. Oh.
1: Then it's like, not a surprise.
0: Sorry that I just made everybody yawn. Okay, we should go because, well, I took a nap before this, but I'm still tired.
1: Yeah, I got to get that kiln finished and get that yeah. firing going.
0: I got to, yeah, and I got to upload our podcast from last week. So.
1: Yep. All right. Thanks, everybody, see for you. listening. And we'll see you next time.
0: Bye. bye. All right, bye.
1: Yo, yo, hey, yo
0: It's Becca here. Hey, just so you know, thank you for listening. And also, we have... What do we have again? A Patreon. A Patreon. We have a Patreon that you should go and if you want to donate to, you could donate to it. If you don't, that's cool too. But um, just Google Wheel Talk Podcast Patreon. Don't do the other one. Uh, Because there is a Wheel Talk on Patreon, but it's not us. So make sure you get the right one. It's in the show notes. notes, And also, um, leave us a review because they're fun to read. Okay, bye!